Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. You're listening to Radio Rounds, a talk show created and hosted by medical students, where today's stories are told by tomorrow's doctors. Coming up on today's show, physicians oftentimes lose the softness, warmth, and caring that send them into medicine in the first place. But why exactly does this happen? How does it happen? Today, Pulse, Voices from the Heart of Medicine, explores how physicians can break the cycle of cynicism and clinical objectivity and regain their empathy and caring for patients. Welcome back to Radio Rounds, everyone. I'm your host, Yojin Patel. Continuing with our special series of narratives published in Pulse Magazine, an online publication that shares personal accounts of illness and healing fostering the humanistic practice of medicine and encouraging healthcare advocacy. Today, we look at the story of Dr. Jordan Grumet, entitled Broken, about an experience he had as a medical student. The piece follows an incident that occurred during his OBGYN rotation. This incident was the first time Dr. Grumet had seen a physician emotionally broken by medicine. How did he feel at the time? Was he broken soon afterwards? Did he ever lose the caring nature that drew him into medicine in the first place? Let's hear what happens when physicians come across testing times in medicine. Broken by Jordan Grumet I was a third-year medical student in the first week of my OB rotation. The OB program was known to be high-pressure, its residents among the best. Mostly women, they were a hardcore group, smart, efficient, motivated, and they scared the heck out of us medical students. I remember the day clearly. Not only was I on call, but I was assigned to the chief residence team. I felt petrified. We'd started morning rounds as usual, running down the list of patients in labor. Five minutes in, my chief got a 911 page from the ER, located in the next building. This seldom happened, so instead of calling back, we ran downstairs and over the trauma bay. We walked into pure chaos. The patient was 27, in her last weeks of pregnancy, and actively exsanguinating, bleeding to her death. She and her husband had been fighting. Apparently, he'd picked up a kitchen knife and stabbed her in the neck. As the ER physician and the trauma surgeon worked rapidly on the woman's neck, my chief readied herself to deliver the baby. She turned to me. Quick, get me a sterile gown and scalpel. Helping her to gown and glove, I could see the other physicians getting coated by the blood spurting from the woman's neck. She'd been talking when she arrived by ambulance. She wasn't talking anymore. The nurses were pumping blood into large bore IVs in both of her arms, but the patient's blood pressure kept dropping. On the fetal monitor, we saw the baby's heart rate starting to dip. My chief cleared her throat. Okay, guys, we're going to lose this baby if we don't do something fast. Without taking his eyes from the patient, the trauma surgeon said authoritatively, We can't. If you cut her, she'll die. Give us a minute. It will take a minute and a half to have this baby out, said my chief. 
She got no answer. She stood poised over the patient's abdomen, arm raised, scalpel in hand, and ready to pounce. The patient's blood pressure dropped even faster, and the baby's heart rate plummeted. It is now or never, said my chief. Then the cardiac monitor began beeping. Ventricular fibrillation, the ER physician grabbed the cardiac paddles and shouted, Clear! With a sweep of his arm, the trauma surgeon moved everyone away from the table, then stepped back and crashed into my chief. She fell onto the floor, extending her arm to avoid slashing anyone with the scalpel. The electric shocks delivered over the course of several minutes didn't revive the patient. Her wavy cardiac tracing flattened into one long, straight line. By then, it was too late to save the baby. Its heart rate had been too low for too long, causing severe, irreversible brain damage. As we listened, the fetal monitor went silent. The walk back to the OB floor was eerily quiet. I wanted somehow to comfort the chief, to comfort myself, but I didn't know how. As we reached the nursing station, she slowly came unwound. For the first hour, all she wanted to do was talk. She grabbed every resident and nurse who walked by, going over and over what had happened. If only she had disregarded the trauma surgeon, things could have been different. Then she became intensely quiet. She sat at the table in the middle of the nursing station, her face contouring into a myriad of expressions as she mentally replayed the events. Occasionally, she raised her right arm as if wielding the scalpel again. Finally, she put her head down and started to cry, loud, disconcerting sobs. The staff and the patients passed to and fro, largely ignoring her. No one seemed to know how to comfort such a strong, accomplished physician in her time of need. And there I stood, helpless in a sea of sadness and pain. She cried for what seemed like hours. Then she picked up the phone, made a call, placed her pager on the table, and left the hospital. A few minutes later, an attending came in to replace her, to pick up the pager and to collect me. The next day, my chief returned to work. She acted as if nothing had happened. No mention was made of the day before. She finished the year and is now a well-known attending physician at a prestigious medical center. I'll always remember the day as the day that medicine broke her, destroyed her innocence. To me, she seemed like a soldier who had witnessed her first death in battle. Would she ever be the same? Or had she lost the sacred part of herself forever? I feel sure that this is what happened because I remember when medicine broke me, one lonely night, watching helplessly as a patient died in the intensive care unit. I'd bet that most of my colleagues have had similar experiences. We rarely talk about them, but you might get some answers if you asked our loved ones. They would tell you how we changed over the course of our medical training, how one day we came home from work seeming different, how a young, eager, empathetic man or woman gradually became angry, frustrated, and often cold. How we started out suffering with our patients, but ended up suffering from them. And that's the paradox of medicine. 
We enter this profession out of passion to help others, but repeated exposure to the most agonizing situation causes pain that can make us retreat into a shell of cynicism or clinical objectivity. There, we risk losing the softness, warmth, and caring that sent us into medicine in the first place. Now, years later, I know that some of us, the lucky ones, recover. For me, the anger and frustration started to reverse six years ago with the birth of my son. Gradually, I learned to tend the wounds that medicine had inflicted on me. Now, I'm no longer so scared of being hurt. Now, I can cry with my patients and not because of them. And now, I finally feel like a physician I'd always hoped to be. A little more caring, a little more loving, and a little less afraid of what the future will bring. That narrative was from the experiences of Dr. Jordan Grumet, an assistant professor at the University of Chicago. Dr. Grumet also practices as an outpatient internal medicine physician and writes as an outlet in response to his often busy and sometimes stressful medical practice. Look forward to more pieces from Pulse magazine in the future. In the meantime, remember that you can download podcasts of all past episodes. Just search the iTunes store for Radio Rounds or visit www.radiorounds.org. You can also contact our team via email, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All that information at radiorounds.org. Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage, providing group disability and life insurance to students and residents through participating educational institutions. Visit us at medplusadvantage.com. AMA Insurance is pleased to announce an individual disability insurance plan called Essentials for MedPlus Advantage participants. Through this plan, eligible graduating medical students have a special one-time opportunity to apply for high-quality individual disability insurance with no intrusive or time-consuming medical exams and only a few basic questions and with discounted premiums. Apply now as the enrollment period ends soon. Radio Rounds is also proudly partnered with the Student Doctor Network online at studentdoctor.net. Find answers to your questions about medical school or residency programs. Ask questions in our online forums and get answers quickly. It's fast, easy, and available now at studentdoctor.net. Of course, please remember that the views and opinions expressed on Radio Rounds are not a representative of the views and opinions of the partners of Radio Rounds or of the Wright State University Boone Shop School of Medicine. Thanks so much for joining us today, everyone. We hope you have a fantastic week. For our entire staff here at Radio Rounds, I'm Yojin Patel, and one day, I'll be your doctor. <laughs>